Please remain standing for the reading of God's word. Our reading this morning comes from Titus. We're in chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. If you're in need of a Bible this morning, you can look to the aisles. Our ushers are coming down, and they have Bibles available. If you do not own a Bible at home, you may take that with you. It's our gift to you today. If you have one of those Bibles that were just handed out, we're on page 938. Please follow along as I read. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Let's pray. God, we give thanks for the ability to gather in this place this morning and online. We just ask for your, your blessings on all of us this morning and just be with Eric as he preaches uh, from your word. In your name we pray, amen. Well, good morning, church. Happy New Year. Hope everybody got their sleep. And, and yes, if you think you've been up too long and the coffee hasn't kicked in, Mike has not grown any hair and he's not gotten any shorter. So he will be here next week. <laughs> Again, my name is Eric Cook, I'm an elder here, and there is, I guess, a tradition that we can continue on. I, I would love to meet you if you're new. There's lots of new people that I haven't met. So I'll be in the back um, foyer if it's not raining too bad, and uh, shake hands, fist pump, and we can start a new tradition. I'll arm wrestle, okay? We can do that. So today, we all had traditions last night, maybe. Um, one of the traditions, I'm, I don't do a lot of traditions, I went over to some friends last night, but something stuck in my mind. A couple weeks ago, Mike put up a slide, his happiness was potato salad. I don't know why that stuck in my head, but I have a tradition, I'm from the South, and we have black-eyed peas. That's, that's what we do. Anybody from the South have black-eyed peas? All right, there we go. Um, I don't know what the northern people do, but <laughs> the tr traditions were, I've looked up some traditions since I, that's the only tradition I have is black eyed peas, and there's traditions like um, down in Brazil, they wear different kinds of underwear, I don't know, for good luck. Sp Spain, they, they have uh, grapes, 12 of them for each time the clock hits a number. Uh, in Greece, they throw plates and glasses at their neighbor's door. <laughs> I think I'm just going to stick to black-eyed peas. Although, when we come to the first of the year here, we always look back. We always had memories of what's gone in the past, what, what we can remember. And uh, it was interesting this morning, uh, I don't know, social media, uh, Mission Valley had sent out their memories of 2022 and some of the pictures and stuff, and I thought that was really cool. But some of the memories that I have, uh, I have a memory of 
celebrating my 24th anniversary with my lovely bride. This is, uh, yeah, men, let's be honest, we usually marry up, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 24 years, um, about to hit 25. So another memory I had was God blessed us with being able to celebrate our daughter's 22nd birthday. If you notice what I said, daughter's 22nd birthday, we have been blessed with triplets. Triplet daughters, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> uh, another memory I had was one of my daughters, she graduated college this year. And she's reminded me that she's one of the few in our family that has, so we got to celebrate and it's exciting. One of, the, one of the other things came along this year was my middle daughter, Madeline. She uh, decided to move. She moved to Nashville. So normally that would be a joy, but it was sort of tough on mom and I, having a daughter leave home and go to a different state. But that was an event that we had. And the last event that I can remember was simply a couple weeks ago. I got to celebrate my daughter Georgia and Noah's wedding anniversary, one year. I actually got to perform the service, so it was sort of cool. So those are sort of the memories and that I remember, and you got to meet my family while we did it. But in the new year, the title that I have is Preparing for a New Year. Preparing for a New Year. There's three big ideas that I want to share with you this morning. And the first one is remembering. We just went through the remembering. The first big idea that we have here is remembering God's faithfulness should draw us to praise him. Every morning I read Psalms, and which is a bunch of prayers and a bunch of poems that are combined together. And it, when you read them, it, it, it helps some of them are sung. But I came across Psalm 105, verse 5. It says, Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and his judgments he uttered. You see, Psalm 105 was written to give us remembrance for faithfulness of God. A little bit of background of Psalm 105 is this was written most likely after the Jewish nation, which was in captivity in Babylon, was released and they were going back to their nation. And the psalmist wrote this with reminding us the promise that he gave Abraham, that he would give him the land and that he would make him a great nation. God always keeps his promises. A couple things I wrote down here. We may forget his promises, but God doesn't. We may not like his timing, but his timing is perfect. We may not understand the methods he uses, but those methods always fulfill his promise. And we may have the assurance that God's promises will be fulfilled even when it looks impossible. You see, the psalmist, Psalm 105, and for those of you who don't know me, this is very difficult for me because Psalm 105 has 45 verses in it. I can spend six months doing this. Or I, oh, 
Here we go. Technology, I love it. There we go. So the psalmist in 105, I'm going to sum this up. I can't go 45 verses. They told me, uh, you know, three-hour sermons are sort of out. So I'll sum this up. The history and the fulfillment of God's promises through Abraham. There's two big things that are in Psalm 105. It's the time in which God brought a famine on to where the uh, country of Israel, the Jewish people, were living. He drove them down to Egypt because there was a famine. He reminds the readers God did this with a purpose. He also reminds the readers that he gave Jacob's son. So we're going to go Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph gave his son, and he was sold into slavery. Sold into slavery, ultimately put into prison, ultimately, through God's sovereignty, was raised up to second in command of all of Egypt. Jacob's son, Joseph, provided all the food that was needed. The Jewish people became so large that the Egyptians were afraid of them. They put them in slavery. They were enslaved for many, many years until God sent Moses and Abraham to show his wonders, his powers, and his miracles. He showed it upon the Egyptian pharaoh. Things, if you recall, he turned water into wine. He sent frogs throughout the country. He sent flies. He sent locusts. He sent hail. Firstborn was even, or died. The firstborn died as well. God brought Israel out of Egypt. He didn't leave them empty handed. He gave them the Egyptians silver and gold. He provided a cloud as they traveled during the day so it would shade them. He provided fire at night, it would keep them light. He provided food, he gave them quail, he gave them manna from heaven. He even provided them water from a rock. Remember, this psalm is a history of God being faithful to Abraham. We finish up in verses 42 through 45. And we read, For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. And he gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil, that they may keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. As we think about this, the psalmist finishes this up. Praise the Lord. God's faithfulness in keeping his promise should draw us to praising the Lord. You might say, Eric, that was a great Bible story. That was done thousands of years ago. You got something new? You got something more current? Well, I do. And most of you are part of it. If you don't recall, or if you do recall, several months ago, we came together as a body of believers. And that didn't just happen overnight. Certain circumstances happened. 
Things that we would never dream of happened. There was pastors that went to go plant a church. There were new elders brought into a church. One of the elders um, was called to pastor another church. There was candidates to become a pastor that ultimately went away. You see, God's sovereign and God is provident in all that he does, and he's faithful. And on November 20th, two bodies of believers came together and said, we can be bigger and better, and we can make much more of Jesus together. We come to today. We're preparing for a new year. We continue to make much of Jesus. We continue to have the mission of transforming the lost within the northern part of Phoenix. So what, what do we take away from that? What God has done should surely bring us to praise and worship. Praising the name of the Lord is right and proper for what is done in our lives. What is true back in biblical times is true today. God keeps his promise. Recalling God's work in this world gives us faith for what he will do next. Our trust in the Lord grows when we take the time to remember he has always been faithful. God is always faithful in his promises. He promises that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. That's a promise. It's a promise that God keeps. For those who are Christians, Another promise is if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive them. His promises are always done. We need to remember God's faithfulness should bring us to praise him at all times. And as we look back and remember God's faithfulness within our lives, not just in the Bible stories, but in our lives as we walk, we should also focus on what is most important in our lives today. Big idea number two. Jesus should be our focus. As the new years come upon us, we often think back of the decisions we've made, the direction where our life's headed. We think back on that. We take mental inventory on our goals for the new year. We rank our priorities we see what is important, and we move forward. I would submit to you that when we do these mental gymnastics of what's important and what's not important, we tend to lose focus on what is really important in our Christian walk. We should submit our focus of first importance, as the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians, our first importance should be Jesus Christ. Our first importance should be the remembrance of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. It truly is all about Jesus. It's so easy to lose our focus. It's so easy to get sidetracked on all these less important things. I'm sure you could probably run through things through your head right now 
three things have just popped up into my head very easily, which is scary, of losing our focus. First one is social media. I, I talked to a gentleman the other day, and I'm like, are you on Facebook? And he's like, no, I'm not on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was like you. I, once you're in there, it's hard to get out. Um, and even for the younger kids, this is, I mean, I'm a Facebook, Instagram, maybe if it pops up on my phone, I think I know what I'm doing. But social media distracts us so much of the importance of focusing on what really matters. How about another one? How about politics? This last year, things have gone crazy. Whatever platform, whatever TV show, whatever you do, it's plastered 24-7. So easily it can be put upon us to lose and get sidetracked, our focus. And the last one is, this is maybe me, but the group that I run around in, <laughs> Theological debates that mean nothing. Sitting here spinning our wheels when we forget the true focus of what we need to be focusing on, and that's Jesus Christ. So maybe you have a few of those things that you can lay out that are sidetracked, but those are the three that really hit me. It's all about Jesus. We need to keep our focus. So the scripture that was read this morning, Titus 3, 1 through 7, a little background, Paul writing to his ministry partner, Titus, he's sent him to the island of Crete, and he's to install elders throughout the, the island, and he also shares some of the things with Titus that he needs to relay to the people of Crete. So let me read the first three verses of that set of verses. Remind them to be submissive to the rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. Paul here is reminding them that they've lost their focus. The first two verses, they've lost their focus. Don't lose your focus. The third verse here, he's reminding them, and he includes the word we. So it includes Paul. It includes those who are followers of Christ, what they once were. And in a different spot in Romans, Paul gets a little bit more graphic on who they were and who we are apart from Christ. For it says several things in Romans, for we have all sinned and we shall fall short of the glory of God. None is righteous, no, not one. No one seeks for God. No one does good. Not even one. Apart from Christ, Paul says, these are who you are. 
and one of my favorite words when it comes to scripture and attaching it on to God. Verse 4 through 6. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Notice here, God saved us. It's God that saves. I'd love to save you guys, but I can't. No amount of works you see here. It's not because of works done. No amount of works we can do can ever save us, no matter how hard you try, no matter how perfect you think you are, you cannot be saved outside of the work of Jesus Christ. It's God who brings our dead bones to life. It's God who changes our heart of stone to the heart of flesh. We read in Ephesians 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So, verse 5, where it says, by the washing of the regeneration, translation in common English, he washed away our sins and he gave us a new heart. That's God, not us. So that being justified, verse 7, so being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. If you're saved, if you can believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you'll have eternal life. This is God's word. This is where we need to stay focused. So I had a couple questions I was asking myself as I do this. How, how do I put Jesus first? How do, how do I put him into the center of our lives? Preach the gospel to yourselves daily. I, it, it's, a strong, it's a strong thing that I did. In my office, I've got a door that comes in, and all my clients come into the door, and I've put a sticker up there that says, Jesus saves. I have to see that every day, and so do my clients when they come in. That's how you can remind yourself. Preach yourself the gospel. And for those who are joining me today that would say that you've not put your faith and trust in our Lord Jesus Christ, let me just share the gospel with you. It's easy. It's not hard. God created the world. He made it perfect. He created man and woman on the last day. Man and woman, they sinned. They sinned against the holy God. There was separation. There's no longer communion with God. God requires a perfect sacrifice. We are sinners. We are all sinners. I'm a sinner. There's nothing we can do to make the sacrifice that what God requires. But God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. 
to pay for our sins that we couldn't pay for, to die a horrendous death that we deserve. And he was raised on the third day and conquered death. As I said before, God always keeps his promises. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you can believe that, then God has changed your heart. He's given your bones new life. Repent of your sins and call out to God. Call out to God as your Lord and Savior. That's how we can make Jesus the focus of our lives. Two other ways we can make Jesus the focus of our lives is to know who Jesus is. And how do we do that? He's given us a love letter right here. We can read that. He's given us the opportunity to pray. Read his word and pray. How do I make Jesus known in my community? Open your mouth and share. I don't know if you were here last, on Christmas Day, Mike gave an example of, he's just sharing an Italian restaurant and how easy it was just to tell people about this Italian restaurant. Jesus saved you. What greater miracle in the world he saved a dead person and made them alive? Why wouldn't you tell everybody? We need to stay focused on Jesus. Let me close the big point here of we should focus on Jesus with two scripture readings. Acts 4.12 And there is salvation and no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. In John 14, 6, fairly known, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no salvation in anyone else other than Jesus. There's no other way to heaven except through Jesus. Jesus needs to be our focus as we start the new year. Remembering God's faithfulness should bring us to praise. Jesus should be our focus. So what do we do here? What, do we, what type of resolutions? We all make resolutions in the first of the year, right? What type of resolutions should we start off with? I, I listed three here because I've fallen into this three. It's, they're not bad, but losing weight. You know, we ate too much over Christmas. We got, got to lose a little weight. Been sitting on the couch a little bit too long. Losing weight. Just getting in shape. I mean, I see all these guys on TV. You know, I got to get in shape. So what do we do? We want to lose weight. We want to get in shape. So we take out our credit card because we got to do it right away. We buy all the all the things to how to lose weight. Cookbooks. How do we eat right? We go that, buy that big expensive bike that you pedal and has all this technology on it. And by the end of February, we 
see the bikes over there in dust and we're eating whatever we want to eat. And the bill comes along and that last, that last resolution we made, we want to be financially secure. We get that credit card. <laughs> we don't have the money to pay for all that stuff we just did. It just all goes away. These resolutions are temporary. There's three le resolutions that I, I uh, thought about, and the big idea is new, new Year's resolutions should start with showing, with showing, showing grace, giving glory, and being obedient. Resolution one, showing grace. In Luke 19, 1 through 10, um, as far as this goes, I'm, I'm going to have to sum up like I did Psalm 105, but I would encourage you to read Psalm 105 in its entirety. Read Luke 19, 1 through 10. If you recall, it's a story about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. What does that mean? He was a Jewish person, a Jewish citizen, hired by the Roman people to go collect taxes on his own people to give money to them, the Romans, and he gets a cut out of it. So he would tax and take as much money as he could. Needless to say, he probably wasn't really popular in his own country. He was actually probably one of the lowest people in his country. They hated him. But remember, Zacchaeus was very interested in seeing who this Jesus was. He climbed up on the tree. Jesus came by, he says, come down. I must stay in your house today. And if you recall the story, Zacchaeus said, behold, Lord, half of my goods I'll give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anybody, I'll, I'll make good fourfold. And we read, read in verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to his house, since he also is the son of Abraham. God acknowledged, even if you're Jewish and this is where you're at, I will still give you grace. God saved Zacchaeus that day. But God's grace of taking the time to stop, go to Zacchaeus' house, he showed him grace. And as I'm, I'm writing these ra last resolutions up, I, th I think the legal person of me comes out. <laughs> I wrote, we should resolve. We should, these are like legal documents. How about we should make a resolution to demonstrate the same grace as Jesus did towards the chief tax collector. We, too, should show grace to others in that same fashion as we prepare for the new year. We need to show grace. That should be one of our resolutions. Resolution two, giving glory. If we go back to Luke 10, 27, if you recall the lawyer saying, hey, Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what's the law say? What do the commands say? And it was answered, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. 
Resolution 2, giving glory to or who glory should be given to. We should resolve to be intentional about loving and giving God in his glory with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, and all our mind. The last resolution, Resolution 3, being obedient. 2 Kings chapters 22 through 23 this would really have been a long sermon if we read that one. But I'll sum it up. King Josiah, he became king very young. He was one of the very few good kings there were. There was a priest while he was ruling that went into the temple and actually found the scripture, actually found the book of the law, it's called. It had dust all over it. I mean, it hadn't been used, it hadn't been read. He took it out and he read it to King Josiah. King Josiah was so convicted, so humbled, that he chose to obey God's commands. All the commands that were in there that were just being ignored. In all the land, there was idols everywhere. King Josiah took down all the idols throughout his kingdom starting with the idols that were in the temple. We should resolve to read and dive deeper into God's word that we might grow closer to him in the relationship. We should resolve to be humbling ourselves to obey his commands. And we should resolve to remove all the idols in our lives. preparing for a new year. As I wrap it up, let us remember God's wonders and mercies in our lives. Let us focus on the essentials for our Christian walk. It's all about Jesus. Let's restart this year by demonstrating his love and his grace to others by obeying his commandments to make him first and loving with all of our hearts, soul, strength, and mind. Let us commit to developing a closer relationship to God. And we do this by reading his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are truly thankful for all that you do in our lives. We're thankful that we can remember your faithfulness and your promises. Lord, help us to keep you as the one that we need to be focused on. Not being sidetracked by any of the things that Satan would just love to strip from us. Lord, help us to give you the glory that you deserve. Help us to give you the glory with our minds, our souls, our strength. Lord, we so desperately want to come closer to you, to draw closer to you, draw closer to us, Father. Lord, may we have the desire to spend time with you in prayer and in your word, Father. Reveal yourself even more to us. Use your spirit to enlighten us. 
Lord, we pray these things in your name. Amen.